What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. What I do here is a daily live stream, and I put it out in podcast form. If you want to take part in the live streams, you can follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner, or better yet, go to the telegram t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Also, check out the website bitcoinandmarkets.com. Sign up for the free tier, get notified of all my content, get a free weekly newsletter. And there you can also become a full member and support me for $5 a month and support this unique perspective in Bitcoin. So I have been in Bitcoin for almost 10 years. I have an economics and business background as well as a military career. So I have a unique perspective, a unique outlook. And if you listen to this whole episode today, you'll get a taste of that unique outlook. So I want to thank everyone that supports over there on BitcoinAndMarkets.com. If you're new, I hope you enjoy the episode. Subscribe, like, share, check out BitcoinAndMarkets.com. Okay, let's get into today's show. So just got off the live stream with the Bitcoin Magazine guys. CK was back this week, so that was it was a good show. Make sure to go to their YouTube channel if you missed it, um, and you can find the most recent daily live stream and i think they were going a half hour before we jumped on i think they cut it back from three hours only to 90 minutes and on thursdays FedWatch has a full hour of that 90 minutes so anyway um it was fun fun to talk to ck again i haven't uh, talked to him in a couple weeks we went over of course all this stuff the fomc cpi ecb the stuff that happened this week and we dive into bitcoin a little bit so um Good, good episode. On this live stream, I just have a couple topics I wanted to mention, and then I'll open up the mic over on Telegram. So it is the first topic is going to be this uh, Elizabeth Warren and what she has been saying or the bill that she introduced to Congress. Uh, I'm reading off the website, nobsbitcoin.com. I didn't even know this this website existed, but it's pretty cool. I'll probably uh, subscribe to this. Um, Okay, so the headline is, The Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act announced today in the U.S. Senate requires devs to register identity and obtain a license, censor, and surveil users, and bans bans privacy tools. The bipartisan digital asset Anti-Money Laundering Act, introduced today by Senator Elizabeth Warren and Senator Marshall, is the most direct attack on the personal freedom and privacy of cryptocurrency users and developers we've seen, we've yet seen. It would force anyone who helps maintain public blockchain infrastructure, either through software development or validating transactions on the network, to register as a financial institution. As financial institutions, they would be obligated to, one, identify and record the the personal information of every person who uses their software or sends transactions over their internet-connected computers. So that covers lightning nodes, right? Develop risk-calibrated AML programs that block persons from using their software or network throughput if if they suspect those people are moving funds related to crime. And last one is file reports about their users without a warrant, government request, or probable cause as the trigger. 
Additionally, every financial institution includes traditional financial institutions like banks, custodial crypto institutions, and these newly classified crypto infrastructure FIs or financial institutions. They would be banned from making any transaction involving privacy tools like Tornado Cash or similar privacy software or privacy-preserving cryptocurrencies like Zcash or Monero, or I would say liquid, right? Because you have confidential Bitcoin transactions. Irrespective of any evidence of criminality related to those transactions. Wow, wow, guys. This is a pretty big one. Of course, Bitcoin Twitter blew up on this. Everyone's tearing it apart. Everyone's saying it's unconstitutional, which it uh, is in many, many ways. But uh, it, J- Jameson Lop, he had a good response to this. He said that in her history, let's see, let me find his tweet because it was like in her career as a senator, she's introduced 351 bills and only one has ever been passed. So she does this kind of thing. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. It's it's DOA as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but what I think is interesting about it is everything that's so horrible that I just read out, right? That everything that's so horrible about this bill is exactly what the CBDCs will be. That's exact. Like, how can people even consider switching to a CBDC? That's why they're so unpopular. Because everything in this bill is exactly what a CBDC is going to be. That's why I don't believe that a CBDC can come to the United States. They would much rather just um, regulate stablecoins because stablecoins are 99.9% dollars anyway, right? Uh, So that's all I have to say about that one. Um, If you guys have thoughts, you can bring it up here at the end. I'll be opening the mic up on Telegram here in a few minutes. Okay, next one is going to be on China. I posted this in Telegram as well this morning. It was a a thread from Michael Pettis. He's one of my favorite China analysts. Um, he's getting more and more bearish. If you would have read his stuff maybe five years ago, he was not bearish at all. Um, and then even at the beginning of COVID, I don't think he was super bearish. But now he has become that. Uh, so... I really, if you guys aren't following on him on Twitter, I would. It's Michael X Pettis. Very, very good follow. He has multiple threads every day, and they're always hard hitting. But this one he has about the JCER. This is the Japanese Center for Economic Research. So in the first tweet, he says, the JCER now believes that China's GDP is unlikely to surpass that of the U.S. in the next few decades and probably ever. I agree, of course, but I don't really think their most recent forecast is any more credible than their earlier ones. So any links to this, and I'm going to read a few pieces of this report. It's from Nikkei Asia out of Tokyo, and this is what the report says. China's nominal gross domestic product is unlikely to surpass that of the U.S. in the next few decades, the Japan Center for Economic Research said in its Uh, said in an estimate, dropping a forecast last year that the world's two largest economies would switch places in 2023, or sorry, 2033, man. So they're 
earlier, like if you go back a couple years, they were forecasting 2028 was when China would surpass the U.S. Uh, then they pushed it back due to COVID back to 2033. And now they're saying it's unlikely to ever happen. And you guys know if you're regular listener of my stuff is I'm extremely bearish on China. Um, everybody thinks, I mean, almost universally, people think of China as a rising power and the U.S. as a declining power. I mean, you could go anywhere. Even some of the my favorite, like, you know, with this Ukraine-Russia stuff, I'm watching a lot of uh, military channels that talk about what's going on in the in the war. And a lot of them take this position that Russia and China are the future. And I agree with how they're talking about the war. I just disagree wholeheartedly with being bullish on Russia and China long term. Um, it's just crazy. But let's continue with this. The Chinese economy will slow as a result of its stringent zero COVID policy and stronger U.S. restrictions on exports to China, like the chip export ban. Um, the Nikkei-affiliated think tank said Wednesday, over the long term, labor shortages stemming from the country's dwindling population will act as a drag on its economic growth, it added. Every December, JCER releases long-term growth forecasts through 2035 for 18 economies in the Asia-Pacific region. When the pandemic struck in 2020, JCER forecast that China would overtake the U.S. as the world's biggest economy in terms of nominal GDP in 2028 at the earliest, or yeah, at the earliest. Blah, 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 blah. Let's go to some other stuff here. There are two main factors behind China's expected slowdown in economic growth. First is zero COVID. Although China announced measures on Wednesday, or geez, on December 7th, to ease some curbs, infections are increasing in cities such as Beijing. For its 2022 forecast, JCER assumed that all restrictions, including those on overseas travel, would be lifted in or after 2025. China's Consumer Sentiment Index fell to an all-time low in April after the economy slowed following the lockdowns in Shanghai. The index was flat in October. One second. Many households are connect, concerned about the future and are keeping a tighter grip on spending. The second factor is U.S. restrictions on exports to China. In October, President Joe Biden's administration imposed new regulations requiring exporters to obtain licenses from the Commerce Department to sell advanced semiconductors and other high-technology products to Chinese, Chinese companies. In addition, Republicans will hold the majority of the seats in the U.S. lower house from January are demanding tough action on China. So China is one of these topics where there's bipartisan approval. All right, let's continue. Uh, JCER believes these two factors will slow the pace of productivity gains in China. In the event of a Taiwan contingency, the think tank predicts the growth of the Chinese economy will be further weighed down as foreign companies will accelerate their shift away from the country. In the long run, China's population decline is forecast to act as a drag on growth. China will be unable to surpass the U.S. economically even after 2036, JCER said, due to slower productivity gains coupled with labor shortages. The Communist Party of China has set two long-term targets for 2035 and the middle of this century 
in amendments to the Constitution made in October. Its targets for 2035 is to raise the nation's per capita GDP to that of a mid-level developed country. The party has not released specifics, but experts believe it has Italy and Spain with per capita GDP of around $30,000 in mind. JCER puts the figure at 25000 All right. So notice in here, they didn't blame communism, right? Everybody thinks it's like state capitalism or whatever is like the new model going forward. And somehow the Chinese are just brilliant. They're so brilliant that they can uh, obviously be communist and still have a good economy, but that's, that's wrong. Okay. As Xi is now emperor in China and he imposes harsher and harsher authoritarian policies, zero COVID is not the last. It's just the first people. Zero COVID, when that's over, they'll come up with something equally bad. They'll try to centrally plan the economy and it's not working out for them. How is that working out? Pretty piss poor right now. And it's just going to get worse. And people are starting to see this. I've been talking about this for probably four years or so when I first called out the Thucydides trap as being BS. And now people are starting to figure this out, that China is never going to overtake the United States. And I mean, in the future, what I think is if China splits up, right, then you could take the total GDP of all the different pieces of China, what is today China, and it might add up to greater than the United States. But with the commies there, with the CCP, in its modern form, current form, China is never going to surpass the United States. That's just not going to happen. I mean, obviously, the U.S. has big-time problems as well. I just talked about Elizabeth Warren, how she's doing all this unconstitutional BS. We have problems too, but China has humongous problems. So. Anyway, that's where I'm going to leave it for now, guys, opening up the mic over on Telegram. So if you're joining me on Twitter spaces, jump into the Telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and markets. That's where I let people um, jump on the mic here at the end of each live stream. Change the change subject, ask a question, whatever you guys want to do. And Raphael, let me bring you in. What's up, man? What's up? Um, our altcoins ever going to go away like uh why shouldn't i just uh, buy a bunch of ether or uh, i don't know uh, solana and then sell in the next uh, bull market okay good question so relaying for spaces the question is will altcoins ever go away why shouldn't we just buy the dip right now (laughs) um well Okay, there scams are there's always going to be scams. I mean, there's still people that fall for the Nigerian prince emails, right? So, there's always going to be people that are really bad with their money. And I'm kind of split on whether it's a good thing or bad thing that they get scammed. I know it's bad, okay, but they are bad allocators of capital. There's always going to be bad allocators of capital. So, all coins are never going to go away, but they're going to be seen like that okay they're going to be seen by the general public as a scam as pink sheets you know pink uh, the pink sheet stocks uh as a casino that's what they're going to be seen as still today they are i mean there's people out there 
that are talking about this in Washington, D.C., that are like, you know, Ethereum is just the same as Bitcoin and uh, Cardano is going to take over and become the biggest uh, cryptocurrency. And of course, the Ripple people, they think Ripple is is the next thing. So um, I think they'll never go away, but they will be seen totally as scams. So, yeah, you can do that, but it's really hard to time these Ponzi schemes. Okay. I would not put any significant money. If you want to put some play money in there, you know, a couple hundred bucks and buy a bunch of Dogecoin that are just a few sats each and just wait. I, I've known people to do that. Um, so yeah, that's, that would be my answer. Any response to that, Raphael? Ah, oh, okay. Reasonable. <laughs> All right. Any other comments here from telegram? Yeah, are the uh, Trump NFTs going to go up in value? <laughs> Dan, the man. Um, the question is, are the Trump NFTs going to go up in value? I saw. I haven't looked into it at all, but I did see it, like flash in front on Twitter. Um, probably. I mean, that guy can uh, initially. Well, no, initially uh, things that he touches go up in value, but they don't last very long. So, like, I think this Truth Social is. Uh, gonna die especially if twitter continues to open up and i mean look at this stuff with um sam bank is it sam bankman what was the i had a headline here oh the twitter files so the mainstream media the nbc cbs abc cnn and msnbc together have only spent 14 minutes covering the twitter files twitter is the only source of this information they're the only source of the FTX information. They're the only source of all this stuff, right? And so Twitter is opening up big time. It's opening up big time. And yes, there's still censorship issues. There's still banning problems. There's bot problems. But, you know, they're at least reporting on this stuff. And so I think that's true. Social is going downhill. It'll probably, you know, die in oblivion somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, the Trump NFTs probably will pump initially, but, you know, dump them as soon as you can. All right, Carr, bringing you in. What's up, Carr? Got to unmute yourself. One more try. Car S. Oh, jumped out. Must be having issues, technical difficulties. At least I'm not the only one that has technical difficulties. I do like the uh, Telegram UI, though. It's good. Any other comments? from telegram there's car s try unmuting and see if you can if we can hear you hey was i muted that whole time yeah man i couldn't hear you go ahead now we can't hear you again or at least i'm not hearing you says your mic is open but we can't hear anything oh and he left again all right well we'll jump we'll get his question oh now he's back let's try one more time car you got to unmute yourself and you're up on the Okay, good question. So to relay that, um, he asked if a hot war broke out between the West and say China, Russia over Taiwan or something, what would happen to um, initially to prices because 
we are still very dependent on China. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, but one one reason why I don't think um, China would do something like that is because they're much more dependent. They're much more dependent. And the U.S. government uh, wouldn't be toppled if something like that happened. Okay? But the Chinese government would. They are in a much more existential position than the United States is. And so I don't think that China would start anything like that. Plus, I mean, I'm not worried about I'm I'm worried about Russian nukes. Okay. I'm worried about escalation in the nuclear side of the house from Russia. And I know China has nukes too, so that's a that's a big deal. But I'm not worried about the just generic projection of power from China or Russia. I'm there Russia could not roll into Western Europe. And I don't think China could uh, go over to Taiwan. I just don't think that is in the realm of possibility if you take nuclear weapons out of it. So um, that's that's what I would say. I mean, it would if something did start, yeah, it would be horrible over here in the United States. But we have really good uh, access to food and energy where other parts of the world would be hurt, uh, hit even worse. So um, that's what I would have to say. Any other comments to that car? Uh, yeah, so so we would be okay, but what prevents, um, like, say, short term, you have destabilization of prices, things spike, uh, third world countries don't get, um, you know, supplies from China through U.S. supply chain. So what happens if a hot war breaks out and then China says, it's okay, we'll take care of you. And through a Russia-China relationship where Russia is a nation, uh, the natural resource producer and China the manufacturing engine. Could they, you know, in a very sly way, take over that third world uh, base that the U.S. has enjoyed for so long? And, you know, they can do it through North Korea. You know, Ch China can use mm -hmm. North Korea as their sneaky attack point and then meanwhile make deals in the back door. Uh, what are your opinions on that? Okay, so you're talking about like post-hot war? So because it during a hot war... They wouldn't be able to go around the world and make buddy buddy with anybody. So it's like you're talking after the war that they could come in and try to become the global hegemon or something. Um, I'm saying like during a war, like normal supply chains to the U.S. and U.S. supply chains to even third world areas might be disrupted. Um, like Ch like China maintains the war machine while simultaneously through communist control, maintain the economic production engine. Uh, via cheap natural resources from Russia, which, you know, Russia can just send them natural resources and, and they benefit from each other uh, uh, while kind of providing a lot of, uh, putting a lot of pressure on the West. Okay. So to relay that as well as I can to Twitter spaces, he's asking like during a hot war, uh, China would have access to resources from Russia uh, and they would be uh, have kind of control over supply chains in the world, and they would be able to disrupt supply chains uh, that the U.S. depends on uh, and the rest of the world depends on. Well, um, a couple things there is think about like Russia right now. They're in this war, and they're being sanctioned by everybody. But what if they weren't sanctioned? Say, uh, there would be no effect on oil prices. You know, there would be no effect on natural gas prices. There would be no energy crisis in, in Europe. Just because there is a hot war somewhere doesn't mean that supply chains have to break down. Uh, so 
And I don't think China would do that because they depend way more on the global economy than the United States. So if you take out North America and you think about, uh, so the U.S. trade, international trade, not counting Canada and Mexico, it's only 10% of GDP from any elsewhere in the world. But China, it's like 70% of their GDP is based off of international trade. So they are in a much, much more precarious position if something like that were to happen. Um, I mean, it's possible. Uh, prices would go through the roof, of course. Uh, but I, I don't think they would do that. So usually war is a an extension of politics. And I don't think we're at that point that there's a hot war. I mean, there's always a chance of, I guess, like on the Himalayan border with India when they're beating each other with sticks and things. Uh, there's always a chance that one of those guys makes a mistake and actually pulls out a gun and kills somebody and starts an actual war. So there's always a uh, uh, something like that. But I think planned, uh, there, there's we wouldn't come to that. We, there would be a very long lead time up to this. And uh, maybe, I don't know if you're listening to my stuff back with Pelosi when she was visiting Taiwan. I was like, this is a huge, just slap in the face. The U S knew that China couldn't do anything about it. Nothing came of that. You know, it was a huge, huge embarrassment for the CCP and they couldn't stop it. They couldn't even stop an old lady from coming to visit Taiwan, you know? So, they they can't project power. Uh, there there is they're more worried about internal security and security of their borders. Like they are worried they can't even control their own claimed territory. Like in the Himalayas, they're they're fighting over. Their, uh, it's like a what's the, they they compared the size of the territory they're fighting over to some state. I can't remember what it was. It was like. Anyway, it's a pretty big chunk of territory up there in the Himalayas that they're fight, they've been trying to control. And they claim that they own it, but India actually owns it, right? And they're, they can't even control the, the territory that they claim, Taiwan. Why are people so scared that China is going to project power somewhere else in the world? They're going to try to cause problems somewhere else. I just don't see that happening. They also want to have the moral high ground. They will lose the moral high ground if they invade somewhere like Taiwan and they start a hot war. So uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. I, it's probably not a super good answer to your question car, but that's, that's what I got to say. I, I appreciate your answer. I, if you knew the answer to that exactly, um, I don't know, <laughs> you might not be human. <laughs> All right, guys, any other hands raised over here on telegram? Kind of a quick show today. Going once, going twice. All right, thanks for joining me. Check out bitcoinandmarkets.com. Uh, guys that listen on Twitter Spaces, check out the Telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Appreciate everyone uh, being here today. Hope you have a good rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.